It's true, I know it! I'm the best pilot around here for Gundam. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of Gundam at MAHQ. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Guanche, and I'm joined here as usual by uh, Neil Lornoak, a.k.a. Paul. <laughs> Say hello. Hello, everyone. And uh, Solbro Rio, a.k.a. Adam. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And uh, now I'm back from vacation, uh, two weeks away. Uh, missed a few episodes of Double O, but I've caught up since then, and uh, just catching up on some other anime, catching up on MHQ stuff, and uh, now it's back to business with uh, Gundam. So uh, today we're going to be talking about a couple of subjects. We're going to have an anime spotlight on Armor Trooper Vote Homes. We're going to be going over Mecha... Christmas gift suggestions since uh, Christmas is right around the corner and we're also going to be talking about live action adaptations of uh, stuff like Transformers, Robotech and some other things that are in the works but before that uh, we'll kick it off as usual with uh, Neo's news segment so uh, what sort of news stories do you have to highlight for today Neo? Well I don't have too much because it is the holidays and uh, you know there's there's but I do have some good things on here once again these are always courtesy of Ganada and that uh, what, what's the oh, website there? Solbro? A-E-U-G dot blogspot dot com Right, but um, yeah, we got some pretty good things here. Um, actually, a follow-up on one of the news stories we did in episode five. Um, we had talked about there's a new game on the PSP, uh, Garen's Greed, The Menace of Access, and uh, there's a lot of there was a lot of good things coming out of that. But if you go to Happy Net Online, they got some screenshots of the new game. I know Solbro wanted to check that out. Oh man, and um, it's. Once again, they're going to have about 200 characters in there, and there's some new strategic elements, uh, something called the alignment system, which actually sounds kind of interesting. It involves the good and evil actions of your faction, so I don't know how that's really going to work, but um, they're definitely probably just one of those paths, kind of like in uh, uh, Gundam vs. Ada Gundam, where if you let someone live or you did this instead of that, so... They're also going to have something with, uh, they did some of the unit remodeling, like the Dodies, the base jammers, and there's some new custom units in there. Um, this is actually kind of cool. They're going to have night battles, so that'll oh, actually be kind of interesting. That's um, really cool. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I hope it's like the night battle in Call of Duty 4. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, people in Japan, they can get, if they reserve the game, they get a special DVD called The Blood of Garen's Greed. So not too much details on what that is, but I'm sure we'll have that later. Uh, in other game news, too, there's uh, some Gundam Tactics Online screenshots. I know that we've talked about this game a couple of times, mm-hmm. and it's on 4gamer.net. They got about 40 new screenshots for the PC game on there. So. Wow. Um, definitely check that out if you have any interest in some of the Gundam games. Um, quick thing on movies, I guess they, uh, they, they're they re- re- releasing uh, the Mobile Suit Gundam theatrical memorable mem- memorial box, and they did a screening of the third film, and uh, they had some of the celebrities there. Mainly old uh, Tumino came out of hiding. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> wonder if he got egged. With his um, bald head, freshly yeah. waxed. And, and his best friend forever gacked. Yes, I saw that. It's like if there's a Gundam thing going on, Gak will be there. Um, they had uh, one of the narrators, Ichi- Ichiro Nagi, uh, Kaneko Han, and Sunichi Ikeda. 
And there was about 300 people there who were basically, this was cool, but they were all fans. Uh, they had pre-ordered the box set. So that was kind of a cool thing. I wish they would do stuff like that here over in the States. I and wish so. They had, uh, you know, just a couple little celebrations and stuff. They had some uh, comedy duo there, some artists, and they were just discussing a bunch of things about Gundam. And lastly, uh, <laughs> this goes to the WTF part of the news, is shows how insane the... <laughs> The Japanese are about Gundam. This just makes me laugh as I'm reading it. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> there are two Gundam cosplay bars uh, that oh, yeah. I guess now are. It says they were they were they were going to open in mid December in Akihabara. Uh, <laughs> one is uh, the Zeon and one is the Federation for, uh, Federal Forces, and That's they're going to be awesome. on the awesome. <laughs> they're going to be on the fourth and fifth floor of the Zenya building, uh, uh, which is a home to uh, Isos, uh, Akihabara Sharp, and there's a cafe there. Uh, the, be, the bars are going to be centered on the world views of the first Gundam, uh, Zeta and Double Zeta, with mobile suit character and mobile suit and character based food and drinks. Wow. And um Ayuk burgers. Ayuk burgers. Yes. Yeah, I was going to go on that too. Flame broil. Um, they actually... <laughs> Both both uh, both bars opened up on the fifteenth, so this weekend they pretty much open. Uh, the Xeon one was mostly full. Big surprise! Wow, no way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the everything was it was decorated with the Xeon emblem. They had black tables. Uh, they had the uh, first Gundam show being shown on the projector. Uh, <laughs> the uh, female staff had mono eye t shirts with pleated mini skirts. What the. Oh. Yeah, like I said, this is the WTF news. Oh man! Uh, I am, I am here you go, uh, here you go, soul bro. The Shar custom cell phone with Zaku head charger was seen on the counter, as well as a Garen Zabi cosplaying customer. There's about forty. There is something worse than that, though. What's that? It's even more WTF. What's that? Gundam cosplay porn. Oh. oh. <laughs> No. Oh, I actually saw something about that not too long ago. Oh. I was on YouTube. Now, let's say for the record, this is not officially sanctioned or made by Bandai. There's obviously... N- <laughs> not not at all. There's lots of cosplay porn that's out there that's all unofficial, but mm-hmm. the fact that it exists is kind of frightening. <laughs> Along with, I, and I guess this goes hand in hand, um, these really horrible English Gundam condoms. Have you guys ever seen those? Oh, oh I've seen those. I've definitely yeah. seen those. <laughs> the, the terrible this try new type do you have survive <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you can you can get the sex 782 flavor oh my god flavor. oh boy <laughs> or the msex oh my gosh man i i uh, I, I guess gundam has a completely saturated the japanese culture man i mean just completely i i, I can't think of too many things in japan that are his um hey when your franchise has condoms you know you've hit the big time you yeah, know you have much. exactly pretty much <laughs> and and just to go uh, just to finish up on the bar thing here uh some of they have about 48 drinks and 19 food items Ooh. some include mass production zaku which is matcha oolong tea the dom which is a black russian <laughs> what they got the big zom <laughs> well, what's a white russian a rick dom a rick dom <laughs> <laughs> the ashimar is orange blossom Goof heat rods is squid entrails and loot and uh, I'm, this actually makes me hungry. Luna too is fried chicken. Ooh, so sweet deal, <laughs> sweet but, uh, deal. Yeah, I'll go uh, there and order the Luna too, man. It's official. Those people are nuts. Predisposed. But um, then <laughs> that's that's it that I have for the news. So 
Back to old Chris. And uh, right. we'll have some more news to discuss in the next episode. But uh, for now, we're just going to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back talking with the rest of our panel here about uh, one of our subjects. So stay tuned. Gundam! Please hang on! Ricky Hunter, you're late. But at least you made it to my party. Rick, how have you been? Glad I could come. Whoa, <sighs> well... Who do we have here? Wait just a minute! Huh? Who are you? Ben here has just been assigned to me. I'm Corporal Ben Dixon, ma'am. Well, what's up? Nice to meet you. This is Corporal Max Sterling. How do you do? Call me Max, ma'am. You're pretty good looking. Oh, that was a very nice compliment, ma'am. I'm just honored to meet a beautiful girl like you. Well, welcome huh? to my birthday party, Max. Yeah, I want you to come over here and sit next to me, all okay. right? Okay. Listen, Rick. I'd keep an eye on him. Oh, brother. Attention! This is an emergency! All Veritech group members scramble! All Veritech group members scramble immediately! Emergency! Emergency! Oh no! You're going? Sorry! What can you do? It's the army! Taxi! Hey! Come on, you guys, let's get going. Hey, I can't take all you guys. You gotta take us, pal. This is an emergency. She anything to you like your girlfriend? What kind of question is that to ask me at a time like this, Ben? You okay, Max? I think I'm just a little tense. Don't worry about a thing. You know nothing can go wrong while I'm around. Now I'm really worried about this flight. <laughs> Welcome, Martini. Chicken or stir? Do I look like I give a gun? Damn. Welcome back to Gundam. In this segment, we're going to be talking about some of the ideas that we and a lot of the listeners at the MAHQ forums have had for um, gift ideas for this Christmas season. Since we're nice. our holiday season, because yes. not everybody celebrates Christmas here, are are in the world. So let me not let me not um yes, uh, let me not over Hanukkah and Rosh Hashanah and Kwanzaa. Right. Kwanzaa, that's right. Hanukkah's already over. So yeah, it oh, is, is it? Yeah. Oh, it was man. last week. Yes, it already ended. God, I just showed my non-Jewishness. That's not cool. Well, <laughs> I sh- showed part of mine. Nobody's perfect. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. <laughs> but um, uh, um we, we, a lot of us um, on the show, all, everybody, a lot of people listening to the show, of course, are mech enthusiasts or, you know, Gundam fans. We hope. We, <laughs> if they're not, I'm not sure why they're listening. Nice. But, um... We um we all have things we would like to have this Christmas season or this this holiday season and um, I earlier this week I wanted to put a post up on the boards asking people um, at mechatalk.net their ideas on some i some thoughts they'd have or some wishes or hopes they would have for um, um gifts this Christmas season so um uh, I will um pass it off to Chris and I would let him um. Uh, voice his opinion on something that he would like to have or um, what one of the um, people on the boards actually would like to have for this Christmas season, whether it be um, accessible or fantasy. But anyway, have at you. Well, I just got my PS3, so I'm I'm pretty much good to go. <laughs> but uh, to go along with that, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of games out there. So um, 
couple of games here were mentioned by Exile Void, so I'm just going to quickly run through these. Uh, one of them is Armored Core 4 on the PS3 and the 360. Nice. I played the uh, demo of this. It's it's pretty interesting, so I actually don't have much experience with Armored Core. I might try out uh, the game later on. Um, he also mentioned uh, Front Mission on the DS. Yeah. And also, I don't have much experience with uh, Front Mission, I saw, but I've been hearing mm, good things about it. I saw a review of it on X-Play not too long ago, and um, oh. they were. Um, it looks a lot like Super Robot Wars, and, but you can customize your um, your suits in that game to the nth degree. And oh, I know that's one of the big things there with that series. It's very detailed, and I was I was amazed by that. I had no idea until watching that review. And I mean, even though it's an old school game, I, I'm I have a DS, and I'm really interested in getting it. I might just pick it up next year. Huh. Uh, next, he has listed uh, Gundam Battle Chronicle on the PSP, which I have played, and that's that's a great game. And uh, in the future, we need to do a portable mecha gaming spotlight. But uh, very briefly, um, it's an action game. It's kind of like Lost War Chronicles slash Encounters in Space, but it's a lot better. And uh, it pretty much covers from 0079, including the OAVs, all the way up to Char's Counterattack. Nice. Wow. That's... And it's got all these... It's got loads of suits from like MSV and from um, Blue Destiny, 8th MS team uh, it's got you know all of these suits like the RX-78 5 and 6 Any, and, anything from Advance you know, of Zeta all suits. at all? or No, uh, I, no Advance of Zeta and no Igloo No Igloo? Okay. It may, that stuff is way too <clears> new though <throat> so I, I, I could guess why that's probably the reason why it's not in there but that's really cool that it has a, you know all that variety in that one game it does and uh the game is it is japanese only it hasn't been released here probably n- never will be but um most of the menus are in english so it's easy enough to understand and if you've been watching gundam for a long time in japanese you pick up all of these military terms so you know things like you know launch mobile suits or attack enemy target and yada yada so you you have a good understanding of it so it's definitely one worth importing um, next on the list, Another Century's Episode 3. I haven't played this, but uh, it does look pretty interesting. It's got some uh, surprise units in there like uh, King Gainer and uh, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff from of course, the Gundam Nines, X, which is nice to see mm-hmm. them making a resurgence in video games. Um, we've also got here on this list a whole bunch of uh, Super Robot Wars games. There's Original Generations on the PS2, which is not available oh, here. Yeah. Uh, there's Scramble Commander the Second. There's an original generation Gaiden coming out soon on the PS2, also only in Japan. And then Super Robot Wars W on the DS, which also is only in Japanese. So for the local American gamer, you at least have the original GBA, original generations 1 and 2, uh, released by Atlas. Yeah. So those are great games. Those are definitely uh, worthwhile. I'll- on top of that, for those importing on, on handheld systems, you don't need to modify them to play any import games. So on the PSP and on the DS, yeah. if you import those games and you can handle sifting through um, menus in Japanese, you'll be fine. But the other systems, get the chipping. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Kick it off to you, uh, Paul, for... Uh on the list here? Oh, um, well, we got a couple people up here that suggested... My, myself, I wanted the two... Uh, like, um, me and Solbro had talked about in the news last episode. Um, uh, I want the new skyline that's coming in because that'll be mech related because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's influenced by it's it's influenced the the girls and stuff they said are influenced by it. But um, yeah, I definitely would want that. And uh, I th- what is also uh, for Gundam enthusiasts here in the U.S. If you have a 360, they do have the Dynasty 
Gundam Dynasty Warriors that you can play. I played the demo. And also on the PS3. Yeah. Is it on the PS3 it's too? On the PS3 I didn't also. know. Yes. I, yeah. just, I just borrowed it from the store I work at. It's actually sitting on top of my system right now. <laughs> <laughs> I played a little bit of it last night. It's a fun game, but it's, it's, it's Dynasty Warriors, so it can get repetitive. But we got a couple other things here from some of the uh, some suggestions. They're actually kind of funny um, and nice too. Um, Darth Nader did uh, GAC. I guess it's the 0079 to 0088 album. Now that isn't that album like covers of songs from like all the different shows from uh, like in between? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a couple of I think it's it's a couple of covers as well as some of the uh, GAC songs from the uh, Zeta movie trilogy. Right. Oh, those were cool. They were, those are cool uh, songs. Too bad. The movies were bad. I heard he, he already covered um, the themes, the original themes for Zeta too, didn't he? I don't, I don't have this track list in front of me. I know he covered some classics. I think like I Sent She from the original series mm-hmm. and, and some of those other ones. And uh, we got some other people. Skippy four thirty eight is just like uh, Soul Bro here. Wants that Shark custom cell phone. So sure does. That'll be uh, too bad. Too bad his girlfriend's tired of him buying mer- Gundam merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see that. They said yeah. there's, there's no room in their apartment for. <laughs> <laughs> how, how you don't have a room for a cell phone, I don't understand, but... Well, all you need is a pop. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Skip. And Dr. G, this, I, I agree with him on this. I would love to have this, too. It would be a complete, perfect, great model collection. I'm working on mine. I just don't have them all. <laughs> <laughs> would you have the Strike? <laughs> strike and the Sky Grasper. Oh, that's right. I, I, yeah, so, I forgot you have them but, all. They combine. That's yeah, right. But, uh... Some other things here, I guess. Uh, what is the Asmo? That's that little so, somebody. That is that little Honda robot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I've seen that. Yeah. How much are those things? I don't. I, I don't even I, know. I don't think they're for sale. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they're just there to look at, I think. And that was recommended by uh, our very own reviewer, Peter. Is it a hybrid? I don't think it's a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't leave too much of a carbon footprint. But uh, <laughs> um, what's some other things? Oh. Two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar diamond platinum Gundam Exile Void said, uh, "This is uh, it's called the Gundam Fix Platinum." And somebody actually did this. They yeah. adorned it with diamonds. They put a diamond. The Japanese in the are crazy. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're uh, officially so, crazy. Someone, ha- someone has to own that. I'd like to see who. <laughs> <laughs> I know who's gonna buy Ooh, it. Uh, um, um, I know the guy who um wanted to go into space, right? Yeah, the guy who calls himself Dice K. And wanted to cosplay as Char in space. <laughs> That's the man. <laughs> I wish he went into space, man. That would have been historical. And hysterical. Yeah, yes. It would have been. Because <laughs> Japanese guys with badly bleached hair is always so funny. Yeah, I'm sure he's already got that on his uh, kurisumasu list. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be between him and Gak, I'm sure. Yeah, him too. Oh, man. The bidding war begins. <laughs> Slap fight. <laughs> I don't think Tomino can afford to buy that. He'd probably throw it at somebody. Yeah, yeah Tomino probably would. He'd probably blow it up or kill it or something. He'd, he'd sadly lament how <laughs> whored out the franchise has become over the last thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably throw it at the director of what Seed and Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, yes. Bobro, I think you have a recommendation here of your own for a gift. I've been um I've been hearing about this one show um it's called Flag. It's an anime series uh. It came out um, not too long ago, last year. Last year, yeah. I saw the first episode. How, how was it? Because I haven't seen it yet, but I've been reading reviews, and it seems very interesting. I, I like the take that it takes. Um, it's about a... It's, go ahead. It's, it's uh, from Ryosuke Takahashi, the director of uh, Votomes. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of set in the near future with like uh, Middle East, Asian conflict. And uh, what's really interesting is... The whole show is uh, shown from the perspective of cameras. Wow. Oh, okay. So you see the whole show f- being filmed 
by various like you know co war correspondents see around the screen the whole time the border of like you know how you know the you know, like the zoom in and the battery life and the recording or you'll see like people taking pictures so it's it's very different in that sense that the whole perspective of the show is framed within a war correspondent filming it which gives it a very nice sort of like documentary authentic feel that's what i was going to say and um that's that's that you know you don't see that in an anime ever no so i mean this seems like a first to me and um i saw the first volume it's on the shelves and um in a lot of a lot of stores you can find it at best buy or your local anime store but um the first volume is out and it's in a very nice box um it looks like a kind of looks like a rations pack or um kind of like a field pack that um you the military people would have or someone out in the field um who's reporting would have and you just put all, all four discs in there but um <clears throat> i'd recommend it for anybody who's looking who's a real robot fan or enjoyed votomes or even gasaraki well, this is a real, real, real robot show. And speaking of Gasaraki, I think that uh, that camera uh, technique is probably an outgrowth of something that Takahashi did in Gasaraki, where yeah. mm -hmm. uh, there's no narrator in the show, and all of the narration is done by uh, TV news channels. Yeah. Wow. I remember that. Yeah, so I think this might be a continuation of, of that experimental technique that he tried there. Which I don't think anybody had done before that or since. That's a very, that's a very um, cinema type approach to uh, to an anime series. It, that's, that's originality that you don't get nowadays, and I, I like I like shows like that, and I'll definitely go out of my way to get that. If I don't get it for Christmas, I'll definitely get it by next month. So, but I recommend that for anybody who's looking for a change of pace, or if you enjoy mecha shows or uh, real robot shows, that that's a definite find. But um, moving, I guess, I guess moving on. Um, uh, there was a there was a remark made about uh one of the fantasy items on here. I mm -hmm. guess it'd be more in the lines of cosplay. Someone had um, uh, Draco Starcloud had put up um, a suggestion about replica Gundam costumes, and um, Man Miles joked and said, "Um, can I, can, can you and I put them on and fight?" But <laughs> the best one relating to um mech uh, not mech costumes but um cosplay was um, the outfit. Uh, the outfit Shar wears at the bar, where Casilla's <laughs> royal guards locate him during <laughs> during Gorma's funeral. Oh, Shar's leisure suit, including the st when he said that I lost it. <laughs> you know what that reminded me of? Actually, it wasn't even Shar. It was uh, from Carol Gunso. There was a scene where Carol cosplayed as that, and he was sitting in a bar wearing a blonde wig and those giant sunglasses, <laughs> <laughs> the black tri stars. That is so dope. I have to. I have to really sit down and watch that show. <laughs> that and um the episode of Yakitate Japan where they um where they spoof Noble Gundam. Not just that, but they spoof they spoof the uh, G Gundam. And it's like I heard it's like almost like two minutes or three minutes long of a spoof for G Gundam in um, one of the episodes. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious! It's I need hilarious. to see that. I love Yakitate, but I haven't seen that far in the show yet. And um, I'll definitely go to my way to see that, but um, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, this um, is not Yakitate at MH. No, it isn't. No, no it isn't. <laughs> but um, also, Shar's mask and helmet was um, suggested by um, Kavik Reese or Ricks. But um, that's not a bad one either. But um, any other ones on this list that you see um, that you might be interested in, Chris? Uh, fantasy item uh, mentioned by Tuxedo Mark. Would be the Garland motorcycle from Megazone Twenty Three. Yeah, oh yeah, I saw that one. Which yeah, I saw a uh, toy of that the other day at a local store, and I just like to have even that. But a real Garland would be fantastic. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. And uh, I've never seen what one looks like. Is it similar to the Cyclone from um, 
Is it similar to the Cyclone from the new generation from Robotech or um, Most Peta? No. Not really. Uh, they mm. were both designed by the same guy, but uh, the Most Peta, you know, you have to wear that that armor and then it sort of transforms and fits around that armor for a, like a... That's right. For, you know, like a man-sized suit. But the Garland, basically, it transforms around you into a full-size robot and you don't have to wear any armor that it fits onto. So you're in an enclosed cockpit. Oh, Wow. You've never seen that show? Never seen I've that seen show. I've seen it a while, I've, while back. I've, I've always heard about Megazone 23. Yeah, it's but pretty I, good. I need to get up on uh, it. We're going to be spotlighting Megazone 23 in the future in yeah. our anime spotlight section, so yeah. uh, we'll discuss it more then. Uh, any other Christmas suggestions, guys, before we wrap the segment up? Haro. Haro, of course. We can't we can't forget about the little guy. I want to. I wanna <laughs> yeah. Which Haro? Because now with Double O, we've got a whole plethora of crazy, loud Haros there, too. Uh, like I like those Haros. I, I, pref- I prefer the original. Uh, green one, the original one. No, uh, v- Victory Haro is the best. Victory Haro was the best because he could fly the Gundam. He was um, he was the Swiss Army knife of Haros. Yeah, but he's been outpaced now by by Lockon's Haro. <laughs> oh, what, wait, hold up now, hold up. Victory Haro was that is to, true. Victory, Victory Haro had um martial arts move. He 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 got up in a lot of um, a lot of um combatants. He um true. <laughs> he messed with that dog. Oh yeah, he he, would he always messed dog. with that dog. True, but Lockon's Haro. I don't know if you saw in episode ten, um. Can dock with like this little like yeah. hair robot. Yeah, I saw that. Which I thought was just the neatest thing that you got these like mad horrors running around as repair bots for the for the Gundams. It makes it makes a lot more sense to have them do that too. That it's instead of just a toy. I mean, yeah. so but yeah. But let's leave that off for Gundam Double O. <laughs> uh, no problem. I would. I think I would like to thank Detective Conan sixteen, Wedge fourteen, and um, so um, so as a S O C L for um. Writing some, um, writing some good um, things about horror. Oh, one fantasy thing I would like. Mm-hmm. I want uh, Bright's chair from Shars Counterattack. <laughs> as I go, as I go, go to work in the morning. As I go to my desk, that's what I would want. I would want to like enter down the basement and then just pop up like that. You know what else you need to go along with that? What's that? You need his hamburger and soda dispenser. Oh yes, my sir. God, the bright and tasties. You know I need to have his chef on staff. Yes. <laughs> the dude, the guy who was on the white base that ran out of salt. <laughs> We're all going to die if we don't get salt. The man was not vegan. It's like they needed, like, blood supplies or something, but no, it was just freaking salt. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it made it sound like it was, like, the most urgent thing they needed. S- send a recon team to, to a nearby town and get some. How about that? <laughs> hey, the man likes his, he likes his burgers a little salty. Oh, you got to put salt on your fries. Oh, they got so raw, they had to sift it from the sea, from the sea. From the ocean water is like wow, that's um that's pretty hard. Well, that, that I would want that his chair and that cool ass um uniform he had and that that I liked that I liked the jacket he had. That was the pimp outfit. <laughs> but um, I think that'll anyway. that should about do it for our gift ideas. Yes, so, uh, it definitely should. And um, they, hopefully we'll get some nice stuff under exactly our trees. I hope so. And um, thank you for everyone who that who submitted something and, and continue like, to put them on under there because. Um, you know, it was still a couple of days till Christmas. So. Exactly. So, um, it, the, the, um, the the hoping and wishing continues. But um, we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Gundam. Huh, look at that! This is Soul Bro Review, and when you have a free moment, check out these cool websites. MAHQ.net. And that stands for the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. They have information and reviews on a variety of animes, as well as specs on Mecha from your favorite series. Check out the forums and see what the regulars are saying about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zero. 
A-E-U-G dot blogspot dot com. And that website is Ganada. And that's your number one news site for all things Gundam. But watch out for those spoilers on Gundam Double Zero, though. www.myspace.com slash FTS Shinjuku. And that's for the podcast that started it all. Flip the script. Anime, video games, movies, TV, and music are a few of the subjects that are tossed about in a roundtable discussion by six very different individuals. Boy Wonder, Dr. Encyclopedia Black, Lee Majors, and Shoji Romero, as well as the host of Gundam, Neo Lorenoke, and Sobro Ryu. GundamOfficial.com That's Gundam O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L dot com And that's for the official website of Gundam, of course. It's managed by the guru of Gundam himself, Mark Simmons. For those who had missed out on Simmons' mega fan site and extensive wiki of mobile suits in the late 90s, labeled the Gundam Project, now's your chance to see the second coming of it at GundamOfficial.com www.myspace.com slash Gundam the show that's G-U-N-D-A-M-N the show and last but not least is the website for the unofficial podcast for all things Gundam and Mecha Gundam check us out on MySpace and if you're a member add us as a friend and give us your opinions on the Mecha series you enjoy peep these cool websites when you get a minute now back to suddenly there was a terrible roar all around us and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats all swooping and screeching and diving around the car and a voice was screaming holy, holy jesus, jesus where are these gun damn animals hey everybody welcome back to gundam at mahq and uh this next segment is going to be part of a continuing series. It's our anime spotlight where we're going to highlight an old classic show or maybe sometimes a contemporary show that if you haven't seen, you really should. And this time uh, I'm going to focus on Armored Trooper Votomes, which personally for me is one of my top three favorite real robot franchises right behind Gundam and Macross. So before I get into it, um, Paul and Adam, have you guys uh, seen any parts of the show ever um i've watched parts of the ovas and i've tried to watch i've tried to get a hold of the um the series but I'm, i've noticed they're not i think they're done now so you can't get the box set so yeah i've been meaning to get that i just have not for whatever reason i, I haven't really bought too much anime lately so mm-hmm. i'm trying to get back because i was waiting for everything to get boxed up but you may, you may want to check amazon that's what i'm gonna yeah, do to see if i can hunt down the series myself no i definitely i i like the ova and i definitely liked um i like the whole the whole way the style and the feel of the show because it is real gritty yeah so i'm gonna go through a brief rundown of the entire franchise including the new pales and files started in October in Japan so basically to give people a background who aren't familiar with it and of course you can read um, all of the reviews on MHQ because I've covered most of the franchise there um, you've got this interstellar war between these these two superpowers going on for like a hundred years and then it's one of these wars that's long that people don't even know what they're fighting for anymore (laughs) (laughs) and the series focuses on this guy named Chirico Kyuvi who He's a pretty young guy. He's like 18 or 19, but uh, he's pretty hardcore because he used to be a special forces pilot, and uh, 
you know, he's been in the war for so long that he's completely, uh, you know, disconnected and, and dehumanized and he just like feels nothing and sort of gives you like that realistic, you know, effect of what war does to people because this guy has no attachment to anything or anyone and he's just there fighting to stay alive. Wow, wow. But he's also a hardened killer because uh, you'll find out more about that later on. So anyway, the show begins. He um, is transferred into a new unit and they're sent into this asteroid base, but he questions what they're doing because they're attacking allied forces. What? And they're telling him just shut up and, you know, do as you're told. Yeah. They're searching for something, and he finds this uh, container that has this naked bald woman in it. Oh, wow. And she looks at him, and it just freaks the hell out of him. <laughs> and he finds it. But then after that, um, when he's go sent back to do some menial task, uh, they try to kill him with a bomb. Oh, my. His own men. Right. And uh, he's sort of, like, drifting in space, and these dudes, they hightail it out of there because they think he's dead. And he gets picked up by this other branch of the military, the intelligence branch, and they think that he was in on this plot. So they're torturing him and interrogating him, but he doesn't know anything of what's going on. He's getting a bum deal. And eventually, (laughs) yeah, he breaks free, but after what he went through, he wants to know, you know, what the hell is going on and who was trying to kill him. And, of course, he's wondering who this mysterious naked bald lady was in this in this container so he ends up in uh right in the city called uodo and the way the show is set up it's interesting it's divided into four distinct arcs that are set in four different locations so the first one is uodo which is this uh city that it's this underground city that was created during the war so it's really filthy and grimy and it's pretty much lawless and you got these like biker gangs that run the streets and they make dirty deals with the police and it's really pretty much like a lawless hell on earth and he meets a couple of people here and you know they're con artists this this old guy named gotho um this other guy who's sort of like a gun runner named Vanilla, right? right. Black guy named you know, but it's with a fro, but it's the eighties, so awesome, <laughs> awesome. What what a name? <laughs> Wait, did he? Have- yeah, but Vanilla Vartla. Does he have a beaded jacket? No, but he's he's got a giant blonde fro, so <laughs> go figure. And this other girl named Kokona. So they start to help him out, and he encounters uh, this mysterious woman who gets referred to as the Phantom Lady, mm. right? And he's fighting against this conspiracy that's in the military. And eventually what he finds out is that this woman who he names Fianna, for some reason that even he doesn't know, she's a prototype perfect soldier. Basically is sort of like an artificial new type from Gundam. Right. Without being psychopathic. Right. Okay. And these are people basically who are bred and genetically engineered for fighting. So it may put them more in line with the super soldiers from Gundam 00 who have special modified bodies and uh, her body depends on this rare element called jejerium and she needs to take baths in this like energy of jejerium to live otherwise she'll die oh wow, wow. so Chiriko ends up getting attached to her and that moves us to the second segment which is Kumin and what you really feel out of Kumin is basically you get the feeling that it's Vietnam with robots <laughs> because it's in this sort of Southeast Asian inspired uh, culture and you got, like, you know, robots going through, uh, you know, jungle rivers. And uh, Takahashi, the director, he said he was inspired by Vietnam. So it really has that feeling. And you also see that this probably was the inspiration for a lot of the stuff in 8th MS Team. Because the setting is, is really there and it really feels like 8th MS Team and, you know, in the jungle combat. And But I think it's done a lot better in Votoms. So 
Chiriko ends up as a mercenary here, and he gets involved in this conflict, this religious conflict between basically uh, the government, which wants to you know integrate this kingdom and modernize it, and then the kingdom that wants to stay to its traditional you know ideas and methods. So there's this war, and the government's using mercenaries, but the kingdom's being aided by this secret society. Right. Next arc moves us uh, to this ship that Chirico and Fiona are trapped on, and it takes them to this planet called uh, Sunsa that was destroyed during the Hundred Years' War, which ended right at the beginning of the show. I forgot to mention that. Oh, wow. And it really ties into Chirico's past because he used to be part of the Red Shoulder Battalion, mm-hmm. and that's explored a lot in the OAVs. They're basically this super elite battalion. Yeah. But they're nicknamed the Bloodsucker Battalion because once they get into a battle frenzy, yeah. they'll even attack their own allies. And these guys are the most ruthless of the most ruthless. You know, their training involves live fire exercises, and Ooh. you're just thrown into it. And if you don't, if you don't survive, you didn't deserve to survive. Wow, Spartans! Oh. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> Spartans in Mecca. That's how. Ooh. That's how. That's how out there the the um, red shoulders are. And with shirts on. I wish it was fully with, clothed. Yeah. With shirts on. <laughs> Plus, they also <laughs> mercilessly butcher civilians or anyone who gets into their way. So these guys are like the most cold-blooded of the killers, and Chirico was once part of them. And during the last invasion of this planet, which belonged to the uh, Ballarant and Chirico's with the Gilgamesh, oh. the planet's been totally destroyed. I mean, it's uh, a barren wasteland, yeah. wow. and you can't even breathe the air for long periods, so you need to have a, uh, an oxygen pack. So that sort of, you know, sheds some more light on Chirico's past. And then the fourth arc takes us to this planet called Quent that... Um, has this uh, it's this different race of humans and they're all really tall and they used to advance technology in the galaxy mm-hmm. but for some mysterious reason they abandoned all technology 3000 years ago and they basically just live in the desert but um their people are also very well known for being good mercenaries so they do have use as mercenaries but otherwise they just live in villages and in canyons with no technology at all oh wow Wow, man! I, I, I guess it's part pretty of the deep. Ma- yeah. I mean, that, that that this. I have a question. Sure. How did I how did I live the my whole life and not watch this show? I <laughs> well, it wasn't up until recently that they even released it over no, here. No, it's, it's, it? no, it's been out here for I'd say how long has it been out here in America? A decade. In, 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 uh, they over here. Central Park Media. I think they released it on VHS as far back as 1996. Oh my! But God. they were difficult to get though. Yeah. I I I, yeah. I remember like I'm I'm saying it was easier to get like in the last like two two three years because yeah. I remember reading about this show a couple of years back and trying to find it it was like it, you would go to these various websites mm-hmm. and they'd be all over but out of stock I've never stock. seen it on the show uh, I always see it advertised either at um yeah. different anime websites I went to like it's actually on my it's on my list of uh, box sets I need to get yeah. I got a list of box sets on my bulletin board at home <laughs> and it's it's one of those so I'm not going to spoil the the end of the show but um you know, Chirico finds his his true destiny and ends up triggering another interstellar war, and you know some of the most awesome mech battles ever. And one of the things I really love about Votoms is that the mecha are really real grunts. Like he uses a scope dog, which is like the most common mecha, and it's very customizable. But it's also pretty easy to destroy because he goes through these like faster than most people go through new pairs of underwear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean these things blow up at nothing. Yeah, the the yeah, that's wow. the, the robots in here are I mean they're pretty much true to life like if we had the technology today. It's, that's, that's, they're not they're not that kind of 
far-reaching technology. They're not like fifty-foot-tall. No, super. Well, no, they're big. Esco. They're big, but they're not. They're, well, I mean, they're 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 sensible though. I mean, they're like a walking tank, basically. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna go through them. Yeah. Basically, they are. They're yeah. They're very small. I think they're about mm. in total. They're like yeah. twelve or fifteen feet high. So they're very compact. They don't fly. They don't do fancy things like that. They're they're very they're they're ground pounders. Yeah, yeah exactly. No 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 breast so, of fire. <laughs> no, no press the fire. So, yeah, but um, but I, I do have a couple of questions. Um, my first question is: Has um, has Voltums ever been used in any crossover game like um, Super Robot Wars? Or um, I guess because of the scale of the robots, is probably an answer is no. No, but um, it never has been. Um, are there any games out on any systems that um came out that are based on Voltums at I all? I believe uh, there was a game called uh, Sunrise Ayutan, Sunrise Heroes. That basically was I remember that on a Super mm-hmm. Robot Wars kind of, but just Sunrise stuff, and Votoms exactly. was in that. Let me Google up. I played them. Um, I mean, let me wiki up Utah. Armored Trooper. It's been in a couple of things. I played I played a Utah years ago on uh, on the Dreamcast, the first one, and I I, I never got that far, but it, I wish I did. But um, that is that's really cool. There was a uh, Votoms PS2 game that just came out a few months ago, but uh, it got. Okay reviews. According to Wikipedia, oh. there's been a bunch of Votoms games, mm-hmm. but it did appear in uh, Sunrise AU10 1 and 2, uh, Brave Saga 2, right, and a Game Boy Color and Wonder Swan series called Horrobots. Horrobots. <laughs> Horrobots. <laughs> Never heard of that. But like a lot of other mecha franchises, there's a couple of sequels here, and some of them as go back far back as the 80s. Uh, a lot of them focus on Chirico, his past. One of them deals, well, two of them deal with the Red Shoulders. Uh, another one's set during the TV show and uh, shows what happens in the one-year time jump between the end of the last episode and the epilogue. Then you've got, after that, uh, an OIV series that's 12 episodes called Armor Hunter Merrill Link. What's neat about this is it doesn't have Chirico, but the story into the main series and it's about this guy who his unit was betrayed by these higher-ups, and they were basically made as the fall guys for the theft of a bunch of jejerium. And what he's doing is he's going around, and one by one he's hunting down all of these high-up officers and killing them for revenge. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty. that's the one I've seen. It's pretty cool. That's that's really cool. Yeah, and no emo, no emo pilots. What I like about this, no sh- emo pilots, no, emo pilots, no just straight you know, up hardcore. No, I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's that no issues with killing. Yeah, you know, they're just they're trained to do this stuff. And, and what I like about this show the most, uh, as compared to a lot of other mecha shows, is that um, all of his opponents they use mecha, but he's fighting them on foot. He has this anti AT. Yeah, basically has these powerful. Uh, rifle shots, but it also has this bayonet that's designed to punch a scope dog's armor. Oh! And a lot of the times he ends up impaling these guys or attacking them and just stabbing them through the cockpit, leading to some pretty grisly deaths. Goodness! Yeah. It's a pretty dark show. Yeah. Oh man, the good, yeah. the good yeah. old ultraviolet eighties, man. We need to bring it back. <laughs> but that sounds like an awesome series. I mean, he, yep. he kind of, I, I have this vision in my mind that he's kind of like the Gogo th- Thirteen of um. Of mech assassins. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Kind of. And uh, then in the 90s, there was a five-episode OAV called Shining Heresy that mm-hmm. um, the end of the TV show, Chirico and Fiona, they went into cryogenic stasis and they got shot into a capsule in space. Right. And uh, this OAV is like 30 years later, they get defrosted. Uh, 
it's kind of a hard show to follow. Uh, Raw because there's like these weird religious cults and then there's these like android perfect soldiers and it's kind of weird but it's a series. Wow. And then most recently is the 12 episode OAV Pales and Files that just started out and this is going back to even before Chirico was in the um, Red Shoulder it's just being a regular army grunt. So the series opens with this kind of impressive battle where you've got these uh, it's kind of like D-Day but with scope dogs and they're coming out of these um, amphibious vehicles and they're trying to like scale this mountainside but they're coming under attack and you see them all getting blown up in the water and it really feels like you're watching that opening sequence of Saving Private Ryan Um, Wow! a lot of people were uh, hesitant because they announced that uh, all of the mecha would be in in CG (laughs) oh my god but I think they, they did a pretty good job on it so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of that series. The next volume should be coming out right around Christmas time in Japan. And, of course, I should note that aside from the original TV series, right. none of this other stuff's ever been released in America. Yeah. yeah. And given that Central Park Media has had some hard times recently, I really doubt that they're ever going to get around to releasing anything else, even something new like Pales and Files that's you know from 2007. So you'll have to search for these things online, but... Um, it's a real shame because it's a, it's a great franchise. It sounds like it. I, 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 I'll definitely have to step up my efforts to actually get, sit down and watch this show yeah. and all the other incarnations of it. Just to, that, that that that's in my New Year's resolutions for 2008. There you go. But you have to watch it, and and I definitely recommend it to anybody if you've ever seen um, Gasaraki or you know if you like Gundam, if you like your 80s robots that are nice and real and gritty. This is about the grittiest of them yeah, all. There you go. Aside really from maybe. Uh, Dugram, which is another show by <laughs> Takahashi, but that yeah. show is even harder to find. Wow. And it's also 75 episodes, so it's, 70. it's pretty... Yeah. Ooh. Did that come before or after Votoms? It was right before Votoms. Wow. From 1981, so it's one of the earliest of the real robot shows. And uh, before I close off this segment, uh, any other thoughts or, or, or qu- uh, Votoms? No, I, I, like I said, I've, I've only seen the OVAs, and what I saw, I enjoyed, and uh, this probably will be what I get once I get all my Christmas money in a few <laughs> weeks here. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get that because it is definitely one of those um, um, on my list of box sets that I want. Yeah, you should so. pick it up online. And, it's pretty and, easy um, to find. Yeah. So that. Yeah, it's I'm able to find it now. I guess my only other question is, um, I guess all the Takahashi's works that are out here in America would be um, Votoms, Flag, and... Um, Gasaraki. And, uh, and Gasaraki. Gasaraki. Yep. And, um, and uh, he was a producer, I believe, on Gao Geiger. Yeah. Gao Geiger? I think so. Yes. Yeah. And he also... Oh, greatest show ever. ...wrote an episode of uh, Gundam 0083. Really? Oh, did he now? Yes, Do he you did. remember which one? Was that the one where um, they fought in the desert? No. And they launched the ship? The one he wrote was the one when uh, Burning was killed. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> the secret of the plan is... Boom. Is... <laughs> Let's... Let's see here. Uh, oh, looking man, up his uh, yeah. the best character in that his, show. His uh, resume in Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, Gato. Uh, Silent Service and the Cockpit. Those were both released here a long time ago. I don't think I don't know if they're in print anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mm-hmm. director on Roni Kenshin. Yes. A series supervisor on what? Ronin Warriors slash Samurai Troopers. Ronin Warriors. Man, love that show. <laughs> I, I had no idea. And I guess I guess he's a regular at Sunrise. <laughs> oh yeah, he's one of their their top directors. Uh, Area eighty eight. Wow. Which one? The Which first one? the, the uh, first one or the uh, uh, the newer one? Space. Okay. I love that show. Yeah, I, I like the OV, OAV too. But I, I watched every episode of the TV show and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Takahashi. So 
Uh, Voltrums pretty much is the starting point of stuff that you can find, so I highly recommend that. And with that, I think that'll wrap up uh, this segment of Anime Spotlight, and next time we'll be discussing another classic show, and uh, we'll be right back on Gundam at AMHQ. Hey, you! Get your Gun- damn hands off her! Hey, guys, the Zeons are giving a speech! What? We have lost the hero to our glorious and noble cause, but does this foreshadow our defeat? No, it is a new beginning. Compared to Earth Federation, the national resources of Zeon are less than one-thirtieth of theirs. Despite this major difference, how is it that we've been able to fight the Federation for so long? It is because our goal in this war is a righteous one. It's been over 50 years since the elite of Earth, consumed by greed, took control of the Earth Federation. We want our freedom. Never forget the times when the Federation has trampled us. We, the Principality of Zeon, have had a long and arduous struggle to achieve freedom for all citizens of our great nation. Our fight is sacred, our cause divine. This is Garmus Funeral. It's nothing more than a propaganda campaign aimed against the Federation. Amaral, you could learn a lot from this. Yes, sir. My beloved brother Garma Zabi was sacrificed. Why? Because he was a spoiled brat. War is at a stalemate. Blame this on the misfortune of your birth. You double-crossed me, sure! Bartender, that one's on me, if you don't mind. Perhaps many of you have become complacent. We must send them Royal a Guard? That obvious? It's the smell. You're one of Cassilia's. We have wasted too much time with words. <laughs> I'm we impressed, Commander. The Earthside elite must be taught a strong lesson for their evil corruption. Hey, isn't that that Zeke big shot? Just look at that Zeke. There is no other way for mankind to last forever except by living under the direct control of we, the chosen superior race of Zeon. He's nuts! Yeah, well, I heard you tell that a big offensive is going to start any day now. Oh, you got to be kidding. Who cares? We're going to drive those Zeon off our Earth one way or the other. Got that right. Those Zeke's better watch their asses. If this war drags on, it will pose a serious threat to all of mankind. We must teach those slow-witted people of the Earth Federation a lesson they will always remember. Now is the time for mankind to stand up for the future. Hey! Is this the enemy? Is it? What a bunch of nonsense. This man's trying to turn the Zabi family into a world dictatorship. Many of your fathers and brothers have perished valiantly in the face of a contemptible enemy. We must never forget what the Federation has done to our people. My brother Garmazabi has shown us these virtues through his own valiant sacrifice. By focusing our anger and sorrow, we are finally in a position where victory is within our grasp. And once again, our most cherished nation will flourish. Victory is the greatest tribute we can pay those who sacrifice their lives for us. Rise! Our people, rise! Take your sorrow and turn it into anger. Zeon thirsts for the strength of its people. Hail Hail Zeon! Damn! 
welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and along with uh, Soulbro and Chris, we're going to go into the one of our topics here. And this is kind of something I I wanted the spotlight on a little bit was with all the with the recent success of the Transformers movie and some of the stuff we've been reading on on the internet. We've been hearing a lot about some of these live action adaptations of a lot of our favorite shows and a lot of our favorite movies from back in the day. And what we're just going to do here is just kind of comment on a couple of things, go on, uh, probably talk about a few things that we've heard or that's actually being made, and kind of our thoughts quickly on uh, what shouldn't be touched and what probably should be brought over as live action. Um, first thing is. Um, I think one of the biggest thing, uh, one of the, one of the shows I'd like to see, uh, and they're actually doing this. I think it's supposedly next year. It's supposed to come out. Is the Voltron? Yeah, and I think that that's going to be kind of an interesting uh, take because I read how they did the story, and the way that they're doing the story, it seems like it can work pretty well. Are they bringing it the story to Earth instead it's of it being Earth. on a faraway planet? Yeah, it's Earth. Um, it's in the future, basically aliens destroy the earth and there's five different pilots left and the only thing is you know that they can use is voltron so i know it'll have good music because it's got pharrell from the neptunes in it pharrell he's well, producing it so well, I, will, music. Uh, I will not voice my opinion <laughs> on pharrell right now <laughs> and, and any thoughts on that one chris is that i i want to see it because i i saw the all the promo stuff at comic-con this year and it, it looked pretty good voltron was something that i enjoyed as as a kid back in the uh you know, early '80s, but uh, it's not something that I really care for much anymore. So I'm not going to be, uh, you know, having any anticipation over this movie. So I guess I'll see it if it comes out, but uh, I wouldn't go into it expecting much. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just hope they don't make it too cheesy. So I mean, hopefully, with the the way that they did transform, and I guess maybe we can just segue on that real quick. What are and short uh, quickly? Uh, Soulbro and Chris, what what were your thoughts of the Transformers movie? Well, well, going into it, um, when they were making it and they were saying they were going to kind of change a few things around, at first I was a little upset because I wanted to see it look exactly like the cartoon. Boy. Well, no, I mean, I mean, realistically right. speaking, and it, you you grew up watching something, you don't want it to be drastically changed. But as as the trailer came out, the first one, uh, actually the first real trailer where we got to see the the, the robots themselves, I kind of got a different impression, and I I kind of let go of my reservations then because you know this is just a whole new take on Transformers. I've right. seen things remade before, and you know I just thought I'd leave my opinion at the door until I tried, until after I actually saw the movie, and I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was very well done, and the CG in it was incredible, and I, I really can't, I really can't crap on it. Chris, well, um, at first when the movie was announced years ago, I was, you know, pleasantly surprised to hear that Steven Spielberg would be producing because I figured, well, it'll be in good hands. Yeah. But then when they announced that uh, Michael Bay was going to direct it, I thought, Michael ooh, Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay, you know, after so much crap like Armageddon and. And the island, and you know, he's done some decent stuff like, like uh, he did The Rock and uh, the first Bad Boys. Bad Boys Two. I wouldn't. Bad Boys Two is fun to watch. It's cheesy, but it is fun to watch. So I had really mixed feelings about him being the director, since he's Mr. Big Loud Explosions, uh, slow motion hero, pan sequence, <laughs> you know, Rot- rotation shots, rotation <laughs> shots guy, and oh yeah, and of course Pearl Harbor that was another piece of junk. That oh he God, but let's not even talk about that garbage. <laughs> I had to sit. I had to sit through getting my hair cut, and um, like I had to sit through that movie. 
I, you know what? I'm I'm still yeah, tra- I'm, don't I'm talk still about traumatized it. by it. You but, know, I'll shut up. But as far as the actual movie itself, I knew from the beginning that it wasn't going to be exactly like the '80s cartoon. So I know a lot of fans held on to you know that that idea that it would be, and it was pretty obvious that it wasn't going to be. So yeah. that wasn't a problem for me. Um, I was very pleased when they cast uh, Peter Cullen as Optimus because. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, he is the very definition of optimist. Same here. Uh, that's not to knock right. the other ones, because um, I think Gary Chalk did a great job in uh, Beast Wars and in Armada and you know some of the other ones. He's a very good optimist, too. Very true. But um, that was great to hear. I was a little disappointed that Frank Welker was not cast as Megatron yes. for the movie and then said they got Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Uh, I think can, 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 I think he could have done it. Can you explain this to me? He, like Frank Welker is the most prolific voice actor in the business. I mean, he does he does animals in movies all the time. I mean, the man gets I mean, there's no end to the work that he does. The movie industry knows him. It's not like he's a no name. But, you know, when it came to doing Megatron and he Megatron's voice is just has, has a has a presence. It's to me it sounds like the embodiment of the Grim Reaper. It's just the way his voice sounds. It's so gravelly. Um, I don't see why they just didn't get him. Granted, he didn't have that movie. I mean, he, show, he didn't start talking until the end, but still, if he did his voice, I'd, I, I'd have been pleased with that. But I think they've, I think that they thought maybe his, uh, his voice in the cartoon was maybe a little bit too cartoony, but I, th- I think he could yeah. modulate his voice and, and would have done yeah. just fine. Um, just listen to his performance in Transformers the movie. Yeah, that is like the, some yeah. of the best lines he ever said before you know his um before his changeover. But I mean Frank is just a mutant when it comes to doing and doing voices. And uh, I, I, to me, he's like the second best voice actor next to Mel Blanc, bar none. But um, uh, okay. that's, that's, well, that's my little blurb on that. But <laughs> another th- another thing, as as far as um you know the voices go, uh, I was disappointed in in the game they had uh, Keith David who was one of my who's one of my top favorite voice actors. Same here. But he's not in the movie. Right? Yeah, exactly. Who did, Who did he play in uh He played the um game? I think um the 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 one the, the one Decepticon that transformed from the um the cop car into uh, I think it's Buzzkill or um Barricade. Barricade, thank you. He did Barricade's <laughs> yeah. voice. So, I, I actually would have liked him even as as Megatron back before they announced um Hugo Weaving cuz he can he just can make his voice his voice is so deep he can do you know a villainous guy exactly or he can do he can do someone like Spawn he can do someone like, like uh, Goliath, Goliath and Gargoyles or Thalog. he can he has so much range and even Thalog who is yeah. just so evil yeah, I mean, this guy has so much range and he can just be so creepy when he wants some to. of the best I mean even hearing him do like a freaking UPS commercial this guy <laughs> just projects power the navy yeah. <laughs> or the navy so. makes me want to enlist but well, I mean, maybe not that much power, but maybe not that much power. No. But no, um, when you bring when you bring up Goliath and Thalog, the scenes where he had to do them op- opposing each other, yeah, where he had to like com- converse with himself, are like some of the best acting, you know, I've, I, voice acting I've seen him do. And it was, it was, I, I, I agree with you there. So I guess in other words, you guys were pretty generally pleased with the way that they did Transformers. Yeah, we okay. Um. Yeah. And to get back on 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 track, yeah, I really yeah. Oh, instead sorry. of vo- voice actor, you you know we need to have um, a voice actor uh, later. No, that, no, that's cool. But 
Um, I know that there's some other shows or some other shows besides Voltron. Um, I think Silver said they're going to be doing what? Robotech. Well, it's Tobey Maguire. Yeah, after yeah. seeing Transformers, Tobey Maguire really um, took an interest in doing uh, Robotech, which I, uh, turns out he was a big fan of even back in the day. Um, He'd be about the right age to have you know seen the the show back yeah, in the 80s, yeah. 1985 when it was first on. He's like so. he's like 32, 33, so he's he's from he's from from Neo and and, and uh, just just our generation total. But um, he enjoyed Robotech, and I. I guess he would like to play the lead role. I don't know how much they're changing the story. I don't know um, if he's going to be Rick Hunter, if they're just going to reinvent the Macross storyline in their own way and just change the character names and do whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the here's the what I see as the major obstacle, which is um, the lawsuit in Japan between uh, Big West and Big West. Tatsunoko, and right. um, because Tatsunoko. Um, was sub-licensed by Big West back in the day to market Macross to other countries across the world, and they, of course, are the ones who licensed it to Harmony Gold. Harmony Gold. Now, yeah. Harmony Gold, uh, in my opinion, and I'll say this right now, I think they're a bunch of bastards because whenever anybody tries to release a Macross product in America, they jump out and they're like, oh, we own the rights to all of Macross, and you know our licensing agreement says so, but we won't show it to you. They just go around claiming that they have the rights to all of Macross. So you're saying that... And you're so you're saying with Macross Plus and Macross 2 when they released those there, did they get a cut of that? Well, here's what happened. Um, Harmony Gold was mostly on life support in the 90s and they didn't do anything in time to stop anybody from releasing Macross 2 or Macross Plus, so they had to deal with that as is. But... Um, you know, a lot of people like who were you know shops that were importing toys. Um, there was this one company that was going to release some YF19 figures here, and then Harmony Gold shut that down. What really annoys me is that they constantly try to shut down anything relating to Macross because they're only interested in promoting Robotech. Right. Wow, that's not that's not good at all. And I really dislike them for doing that. So. Well, what about what about their um? I guess they're uh, teaming up with ADV to put out Super Dimensional Fortress Macross. Granted, they do get a yeah. cut of that, I'm sure. Yeah, after Animigo's but, license I mean, expired. But, but back what, to Robotech. Yeah. What's the what's the, yeah what's the what's the show? What's the movie going to be? Is it going to be Macross or is it going to be Robotech? Well, what's, uh, as far as I know, it's going to be the beginning of the of the Robotech saga, which I'm assuming is Macross. Okay. But um, here's the, the here's the problem with that. Um, in Japan, the the court ruled. Mm-hmm that all of the Macross designs and characters and concepts are the property of Big West. Good. And right. this has carried over um, in Shadow Chronicles because if you notice, there are no references to Macross there. Right. For example, uh, you know, they talk about the alien fortress that crashed on Earth mm-hmm. you know, in the opening in Shadow right. Chronicles. They show the SDF-1. Uh, Maya Sterling, she talks about being half alien. She doesn't say half Zentradi. Right. Oh my god. They never show any Macross designs. They only did most Peta designs. They never mentioned the SDF-1. They never mentioned any of those things. So I think that's evident right there, you know, the the issue of, of so, this lawsuit so there and, might, and what Harmony Gold can do. So, so can, there might be an issue with this actual movie then what, being... I yeah, mean, it's... Okay. Yeah. Because I think most Robotech fans in America at least... When they think Robotech, they probably think of the Macross part of it because that's the most well-known. Right. Of course. So the problem there is mm-hmm. in the I longest don't think that uh, they'll be able to do that story in this live-action movie because of, of all of these tangled legal issues. So they right. might have to totally reinvent Robotech and do a new story and just try to sidestep Macross okay. entirely the way that Shadow Chronicles it, did. What is, is there any target date for this 
sober? Well, yeah. if they never, they never get past pre-production, there won't okay. be. But my question is, what can they just uh, collaborate with Big West to license um the license yeah, the that's designs? Probably something you got to do with them. I mean, yeah. well, I'm just I saying mean, though. I mean, that's what lawyers are for, <laughs> and that's what agents and all that's for. That's why they make money. And um, I mean, I've seen bigger. I've seen other crossovers in the past. I mean, things you never thought to see. But um, you know, I I I think if if it's if it's going to be as profitable as Transformers and Transformers is over the billion dollar mark right now, um, I think they may find some kind of agreement to do something. I mean, I would hope so. I wouldn't expect I much mean, to be forthcoming out of Harmony yeah. Gold because when it comes to any business, never yeah. let short sighted foolishness blind um, long term profits. That's, that's, that's something that yeah, happens that's, a lot. That's the exact thing that, right there. You know, in the short term, they have this narrow view of, you know, that yeah. we want to do things, and that short-term foolishness will blind them to, you know, the big picture of long-term profits, so. Well, so what, are, what, 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 what is very disappointing. Some other ones, too. I know that the, well, the, the biggest w- one that they've been talking about even before Transformers came out, and I know all the fanboys were going crazy, was Evangelion. Yeah. Uh, kind of mixed on that, I, but... I, I don't think it's going to be do- done very well. I'm, I guess personally. I'm the only one out of all the other that's actually thinking that shows some kind of promise, but it depends on the screenplay. What about uh, what about you guys? Uh, well, let's not even go into that show <laughs> because there's there's two different shows: the manga and the and the movie. It depends on which shows. one they want to adapt it on. Yeah. Here's they what adapt they'll, it on here's the what I, for, you know? they'll do: the bad one probably. Here's mm-hmm. what I see. Uh, you know, with any sci-fi movie now, it has to be a trilogy. But um, Evangelion is for the mainstream still a pretty unknown property so there's a lot of stuff you'd have to be cramming into one movie because you don't know if this one movie is all you're going to get yeah, and there's a lot there's a lot a, a trilogy's not guaranteed and there's a lot of a so what exactly do you do well i mean as far as i heard the breakdown for the first movie is the first six episodes kind of like right. um the rebirth of evangelion which they just released in theaters over there which reanimated that whole part of that series they're breaking it down the same way um i don't know what, how many episodes the second movie will consist of and then there's the third which wraps it up but um, the first movie will consist of the first six, which is which is I wouldn't say as exciting as maybe some of the rest, some of the other parts of the series. But you know, it, it gets the ball rolling, and uh, hopefully, it will garner enough interest to, for them to put out a, a sequel I, after that. Whenever they I, get around to doing it, I agree with you though. I think that there's many other shows that they could do um, before Evangelion. I don't think Evangelion, outside of people that are really into anime, is that popular. Um, what do you think about maybe Gundam? Because um, I know we had G Savior, and that was just oh. horrendous. Well, before before G Savior, uh, closing thought on Evangelion, and don't get me wrong, because a lot of people ask me about Evangelion. Since uh, on MHQ, there's this thing of right. don't ask me to review Evangelion because I never will. Oh. <laughs> I like the show as much as anybody else, and I enjoy it, but. I think it's so vastly overrated yes. by yeah. fans that that kind of kills my enjoyment of it wow. to a certain de- to a certain degree to a certain degree. Yeah, because it's they think it's like the best thing ever since sliced bread. And it doesn't help when um, I used to work at FYA and they released the uh, Evangelion box set, <laughs> and ADV put this giant sticker on the side that said, you know, the ultimate anime series of all time. Yeah, I remember that. On DVD. <laughs> so what I did was this sort of a silent protest. I took that sticker off of that box set, mm-hmm. and I put it on the Gundam movie trilogy, which also just came out. <laughs> and some and somebody bought it. Nice. nice. Yeah, well, that was so awesome. So that was my little protest against uh, the, nice. the over-inflated reputation of so Evangelion, which ADV is happy to <laughs> assist with with their bajillion re-releases and uh, yeah, yeah. Let's not even go there. Remarketing. So 
Evangelion, it's not a movie I'm looking forward to much, assuming it ever gets out of development hell. Yeah. But, you know, if it has the right crew, I think it could be something good. But I'm looking at it from, you know, a more general perspective. I don't see how it'll break out of that niche otaku fandom and hit, Mm -hmm. you know, massive popularity with the mainstream like, say, Transformers did or something like Robotech could. Yeah. Well, what about... Now let's move on to some... Now let's move on to Gundam. Yeah, what about Gundam? What do you think on that one? Xavier... <laughs> well, no, I mean, if they ever did, like, a... If, if they, they ever wanted to do a live-action Gundam. If they ever did adapt, um, yeah, the Gundam for live-action. W- what are your thoughts on that? Been live-action yeah. live with G-Savior, but that was a piece of garbage. Yeah. And it was a really cruddy TV movie, so yeah. cruddy that they had to use uniforms from Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh, my. And you can yeah. see this. Oh. Yeah. Starship Troopers uniforms have been recycled in, like, every sci-fi show that's filmed in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I think even in Stargate they've recycled those things. Goodness. I think so. Well, what about um? Yeah, those things are getting a lot of mileage. Well, what about adapting Mobile Suit Gundam, the original series, for live action? Say, um, um, my my thoughts on it were, was always um, I if they had to adapt any version of Mobile Suit Gundam for live action, I'd I'd have to say the novel would be the best one. If um, if uh, if only they changed one certain thing in the end, and I won't ruin that by saying it. But uh, if they wanted to make it a franchise, there's one specific thing they would probably change. Um, but here's go ahead. Here's what I think. Um. Number one, it would never happen yes. in America because Gundam is practically a no-name here. Yeah. Even even after the high point of Wing, and we won't get into that about how they screwed up Gundam in America, but it would never happen here because the franchise has no history, no name, no major fandom, no crossover appeal, nothing. It's a very, very niche product, especially now since it's just been getting lower and lower with every year in America of what the popularity. Japan, obviously, the original series is still the biggest one and so everything is one year war this one year war that the problem I see is I don't know if there's any Japanese studio there that is big enough to handle what would be a very very big budget production oh yeah well not only that but characters it's like my my the only reason why I don't see it and I don't ever want to see it is you who are you going to cast to be Shara Asimov to make them believable and a physical appearance and mannerisms. Please not gack. Yeah, oh. I mean, it, yeah, it wouldn't no. be, <laughs> it wouldn't be anything there. But Ugh. are there any, uh, are there any shows you think that um, would be good as a live action? Because I have one. I know one that, w- and I would love to see. And it, it's kind of Mac related. Would be uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yep. I think Ghost in the Shell would be a, a really good uh, show. That that could work. That could definitely work. You know, I mean. Ghost in the Shell, obviously, you can see the inspiration in previous things like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Ghost in the Shell could definitely work as a as a live action good following here. Personally, for me, a lot of these mech shows, I think they work better as anime, yeah. and they're just better off staying that way. Like Gundam, I really don't think you know if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's that's. And if you look at a lot of live action adaptations, whether it's of video games or anime, most of them just aren't that good. Yeah, they're not. So, better just, you know, leave it alone. I mean, the fact that the Dragon Ball live-action <laughs> movie is actually happening now, yeah. and and you've got someone like James Marsters from, from Buffy and Angel as Piccolo, yeah. that just makes me cringe. Yes. Well, at, at least Stephen Chow's involved. <laughs> that, that's the one thing it's got going for it. Not much, but it's that, it, that the set pieces should be nice. Other than that, I won't leave much to the acting. <laughs> But yeah, I'd, I'd rather I, I, you know, aside from something like Transformers or Robotech, depending on how that turns out in Evangelion, mm-hmm. I'm really not that hot on live action yes. mega series. 
same here. I, I just uh, I, I think it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion because of the uh, success of Transformers, and you're probably going to have a lot of um, a lot of things that are going to be pitched to people. I just didn't know. So, bro, is there any shows that you quickly would want to see possibly done as live action, especially in the mech genre? Other than Ghost in the Shell, um. I don't know. Um, Volt, uh, from the sound of w- when we spoke about Voltomes, that sounds actually um, just so gritty that it could probably be carried, you know, just 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 brought to the screen. But I haven't seen the show, so I can't really um, I can't really say. Oh, okay, I do have one. Um, Dunbine, Dunbine. <laughs> just because of the fantasy, just because of the fantasy element, it would it would be it would be easier to digest. <laughs> Then um, it'd be easier to adjust yeah. and say something like Robotech because you're in a completely other world. Now, when they get when when they get to the um, when they bring it back to Earth, that may be a little bit harder sell. But by that point, people <laughs> have already seen the first part anyway. So and it probably make everybody. Could, could you picture live action done by and directed by Peter Jackson? Oh man, I can. I I, I thought about that too. It's like you know, it, it it is the Lord of the Rings of mech shows. So, forget um, Halo. It's so long. Yeah, forget Halo. <laughs> It, it, it would be it'd be so long-winded though. That's the only problem I got with Peter Jackson. Oh. Uh, I mean, I know he's the leading candidate to do even the Ava movie, but it's like the the problem. I like the the Lord of the Rings movies, but man, they are so long-winded. Some of them, it's just like. Well, I uh, love Lord of the Rings to death, and I absolutely enjoyed the extended editions. I have all three of them. I even did a marathon of them once, which was, <laughs> believe me, hell. But yes. Uh, <laughs> King Kong was way, 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 way too long. Terrible. And then there wasn't even an extended oh. version of that, which I just didn't see because the theatrical version was long enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's the only problem. I think. Um, Give me the frighteners. I think with the. I, <laughs> yeah. I think the other problem they would have with a lot of those, um, a lot of these uh, live action adaptations is not only cramming the stories in there, but making the stories. Because I think um, you're going to have them trying to concentrate on making it look good instead of just really having a decent story, rich. I mean, which was kind of interesting about Transformers, where, I mean, the story wasn't the strongest story on Earth, but it was at least entertaining, and it got to the point. Yeah, it did. And it wasn't too, like, oh, you know, you weren't doing the WTF half the halfway through, so. But um, that's cool. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure we'll definitely have some feedback on the forums with this, and we encourage everybody to uh, talk about it, especially give us maybe some ideas that you might think of some shows that could possibly be uh, good for live-action adaptations, so. We're going to close this out. We'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Gundam! I hate it! This is Gunside 1. Black Squadron confirmed for a counterattack in the 4th Quadrant. Roger! Corporal Sterling and Dixon, follow me. Roger! Roger! What area are we supposed to defend? We're all on the defense line, fourth quadrant. But that's way at the end. All the really heavy action's happening over there. Can we get into some of that? What can you possibly have in mind? We've been given orders, so follow them. Fighter 102, enemy coming in off your right wing tip. I'll fly rings around them, eh? Watch me show these guys up. Dixon, don't play around, you got me? Boss, I'm in trouble. Help me or I'm a gunner for sure. Pop it, Ben. You'll get yourself killed doing that. Now I gotta see. Watch out, here it comes. Sure was a big fat mess you got me out of. Hey, is that Max? Look at him go! Max, you tore him up! I'm happy I was able to help out. It's unbelievable! Lieutenant Hunter, bad defensive maneuvers. Your response time will have to improve immediately. Hey, I've got a couple of completely inexperienced pilots here. I can't perform in babysit at the same time. 
I never even saw him. He destroyed a whole section of the fighter. Boy, I'm glad the repairs don't come out of my pocket. Max, you did pretty well. Yep, it was luck, though. They said I put away nine. Nine? My total was zero. Well, what a hotshot Max has become. I'll say. About how many did you blast? About five. Oh, I'm sorry, I mentioned it. You probably feel bad that Max beat you out. Oh, I don't know, I, uh... I was pretty good. Huh? I imagine it's possible they might even promote me. Some jump. Corporal to general after one battle. It's always a long fall from the top, isn't it? Easy, Wes. I've been waiting to say this to you for a long time, honey. All right. Deep down in my stomach, with every inch of me, I pure, straight, hate you. But gun damn it, do I respect you. That wraps up episode six of Gundam at MAHQ. Make sure to check out um, our main websites, starting with mahq.net, where you can find all the reviews of uh, a lot of mecha anime and other animes as well. Um, that's uh, the Gundam, of course, is the official podcast of MAHQ. Um, also, you can check us out on MySpace, which is www.myspace.com/gundam/the-show. And also, um, you can find us. You can contact contact the show through email at gundammahq at gmail dot com. And um, uh, we in this episode we spoke about um, sorry uh, the gift ideas for this Christmas. So um, you guys go out there and grab up those um, those gift ideas if you can get them. <laughs> um, while we still have time. Um, also, we spoke about um, armored armored trooper Voltomes. Um, we went into that, and that sounds like an awesome show. And I'll definitely cut into that. And um, that was our anime spotlight. Yes, segment. sir, our anime spotlight, which will have a new feature. It seems on the Gundam and MHQ. Exactly. And last but not least, we also went into. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Live action oh, adaptations. It was live action adaptations. Live action adaptations. Oh my god. Kind of um, our thoughts and our thoughts and everything, and um, other our than fear. That, any any closing thoughts, you guys? Um, uh, you want to tease everybody with something for the next episode? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, we'll definitely get into another month of um, Gundam Double Zero reviewing episodes nine through twelve. Next episode, and uh, next time we'll be talking about uh, the bald wizard, him, the real bald wizard, Yoshiyuki Tamino. So yes. everybody tune in because that's sure to be a very lively discussion, and I'm sure that'll elicit <laughs> loads and loads of feedback. Oh yes, yes, I cannot wait for that. But um, so be sure to tune in uh, in a few weeks for episode seven, and we'll be uh, hitting up the bald wizard. Oh, and finally, too, a good thing. Wish everybody happy holidays because we are recording about a week before Christmas. So everybody have happy and safe holidays. If you're going out of town like me, <laughs> that's right. Is this our last podcast? Is this our last podcast of 2007? Uh, I believe so because I leave the week of Christmas to go to California, and that's an off week for recording. So yeah, so everybody too, happy New Year's 2008. So well, ha- happy New Year's, and uh, we'll see uh, all of you in 2008. And 2008 is going to be a good year. Yes, it will be. <laughs> Well, happy holidays, everybody listening, and um, we'll see you next time on Gundam at MAHQ. Thank you. Bye. Hangar crew, is Commander Foker's ship ready for takeoff? Roger, Bridge. Is Commander Foker leading the Veritech attack squadron? Yes. She's ready and waiting, sir. Okay, let's go. 
Raider takeoff preparations completed. Your squadron is already in the air, Commander. Good hunting. I'll be hunting for a pineapple salad. Uh, it sounded like he said he was hunting for pineapple salad. Gundam. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ production. Give up, son. Go back to photocopies and paper cuts. That's your true calling.